Section 48 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 3, by Robert Burton. Section 48. Partition 3, Section 4, Member 2, Subsection 6, Part 2. All this is true, thou repliest, but yet it concerns not thee. Tis verified in ordinary offenders, in common sins, but thine are of a higher strain, even against the Holy Ghost himself, irremissible sins, sins of the first magnitude, written with a pen of iron, engraven with the point of a diamond. Thou art worse than a pagan, infidel, Jew, or Turk, for thou art an apostate, and more, thou hast voluntarily blasphemed, renounced God and all religion, thou art worse than Judas himself, or they that crucified Christ, for they did offend out of ignorance, but thou hast thought in thine heart there is no God. Thou hast given thy soul to the devil, as witches and conjurers do, explicit and implicit, by compact, band and obligation, a desperate, a fearful case, to satisfy thy lust, or to be revenged of thy enemies, thou didst never pray, come to church, hear, read, or do any divine duties with any devotion, but for formality and fashion's sake, with a kind of reluctance. T'was troublesome and painful to thee to perform any such thing, praeter voluntatem, against thy will. Thou never madest any conscience of lying, swearing, bearing false witness, murder, adultery, bribery, oppression, theft, drunkenness, idolatry, but hast ever done all duties for fear of punishment, as they were most advantageous, and to thine own ends, and committed all such notorious sins with an extraordinary delight, hating that thou shouldst love, and loving that thou shouldst hate. Instead of faith, fear and love of God, repentance, etc., blasphemous thoughts have been ever harbored in his mind, even against God himself, the blessed trinity, the scripture, false, rude, harsh, and methodical. Heaven, hell, resurrection, mere toys and fables, incredible, impossible, absurd, vain, ill-contrived. Religion, policy, and human invention to keep men in obedience, or for profit, invented by priests and lawgivers to that purpose. If there be any such supreme power, he takes no notice of our doings, hears not our prayers, regardeth them not, will not, cannot help, or else he is partial, an acceptor of persons, author of sins, a cruel, a destructive God, to create our souls and destinate them to eternal damnation, to make us worse than our dogs and horses. Why doth he not govern things better, protect good men, root out wicked livers? Why do they prosper and flourish? As she raved in the tragedy, Pelices caelum tenent, there they shine, suasque per seusaurea stellas habet, where is his providence? How appears it? Marmorio licinus tumulo jacet, at cato parvo pomponius nullo qui sputet esse deos. Why doth he suffer Turks to overcome Christians? 
the enemy to triumph over his church, paganism to domineer in all places as it doth, heresies to multiply, such enormities to be committed, and so many such bloody wars, murders, massacres, plagues, feral diseases. Why doth he not make us all good, able, sound? Why makes he venomous creatures, rocks, sands, deserts, this earth itself, the muck-hill of the world, a prison, a house of correction, mentimur regnare joem, etc., with many such horrible and execrable conceits, not fit to be uttered. Terribilia de fide, horribilia de divinitate. They cannot, some of them, but think evil. They are compelled, volentes nolentes, to blaspheme, especially when they come to church and pray, read, etc., such foul and prodigious suggestions coming to their hearts. These are abominable, unspeakable offenses, and most opposite to God, tentationes foedae et impiae, yet, in this case, he or they that shall be tempted and so affected must know that no man living is free from such thoughts in part, or at sometimes the most divine spirits have been so tempted in some sort, evil custom, omission of holy exercises, ill company, idleness, solitariness, melancholy, or depraved nature, and the devil is still ready to corrupt, trouble, and divert our souls, to suggest such blasphemous thoughts into our fantasies, ungodly, profane, monstrous, and wicked conceits. If they come from Satan, they are more speedy, fearful, and violent. The parties cannot avoid them. They are more frequent, I say, and monstrous when they come. For the devil, he is a spirit, and hath means and opportunities to mingle himself with our spirits, and sometimes more slyly, sometimes more abruptly and openly, to suggest such devilish thoughts into our hearts. He insults and domineers in melancholy, distempered fantasies, and persons especially. Melancholy is balneum diaboli, as Serapio holds, the devil's bath, and invites him to come to it. As a sick man frets, raves in his fits, speaks and doth, he knows not what, the devil violently compels such crazed souls to think such damned thoughts against their wills. They cannot but do it, sometimes more continuate, or by fits, he takes his advantage, as the subject is less able to resist. He aggravates, extenuates, affirms, denies, damns, confounds the spirits, trowels, heart, brain, humors, organs, senses, and wholly domineers in their imaginations. If they proceed from themselves, such thoughts, they are remiss and moderate, not so violent and monstrous, not so frequent. The devil commonly suggests things opposite to nature, opposite to God and his word, impious, absurd, such as a man would never of himself or could not conceive. They strike terror and horror into the party's own hearts. For if he or they be asked whether they do approve of such like thoughts or no, they answer, and their own souls truly dictate as much, they abhor them as much as hell and the devil himself. They would fain think otherwise if they could. 
he hath thought otherwise, and with all his soul desires so to think again. He doth resist, and hath some good motions intermixed now and then, so that such blasphemous, impious, unclean thoughts are not his own, but the devil's. They proceed not from him, but from a crazed fantasy, distempered humors, black fumes which offend his brain. They are thy crosses, the devil's sins, and he shall answer for them. He doth enforce thee to do that which thou dost abhor, and didst never give consent to. And although he hath sometimes so slyly sat upon thee, and so far prevailed as to make thee in some sort to ascend to such wicked thoughts, to delight in, yet they have not proceeded from a confirmed will in thee, but are of that nature which thou dost afterwards reject and abhor. Therefore be not overmuch troubled and dismayed with such kind of suggestions, at least if they please thee not, because they are not thy personal sins, for which thou shalt incur the wrath of God or his displeasure. Contemn, neglect them, let them go as they come. Strive not too violently, or trouble thyself too much. But, as our Saviour said to Satan in like case, Say thou, avoid Satan, I detest thee and them. Satanae est mala ingerere, saith Augustine, nostrum non consentire. As Satan labours to suggest, so must we strive not to give consent, and it will be sufficient. The more anxious and solicitous thou art, the more perplexed, the more thou shalt otherwise be troubled and entangled. Besides, they must know this, all so molested and distempered, that although these be most execrable and grievous sins, they are pardonable yet, through God's mercy and goodness, they may be forgiven if they be penitent and sorry for them. Paul himself confesseth, in Romans 17.19, He did not the good he would do, but the evil which he would not do. Tis not I, but sin that dwelleth in me. Tis not thou, but Satan's suggestions, his craft and subtlety, his malice. Comfort thyself, then, if thou be penitent and grieved, or desirest to be so. These heinous sins shall not be laid to thy charge. God's mercy is above all sins, which, if thou do not finally contemn, without doubt thou shalt be saved. No man sins against the Holy Ghost, but he that willfully and finally renounceth Christ, and contemneth him and his word to the last, without which there is no salvation, from which grievous sin God of his infinite mercy delivers. Take hold of this to be thy comfort, and meditate withal on God's word. Labor to pray, to repent, to be renewed in mind. Keep thine heart with all diligence. Proverbs 4.13 Resist the devil, and he will fly from thee. Pour out thy soul unto the Lord with sorrowful Hannah. Pray continually, as Paul enjoins, and as David did. Psalm 1 Meditate on his law day and night. Yeah, but this meditation is that mars all, and mistaken makes many men far worse, misconceiving all they read or hear to their own overthrow. 
the more they search and read scriptures or divine treatises the more they puzzle themselves as a bird in a net the more they are entangled and precipitated into this preposterous gulf many are called but few are chosen matthew twenty sixteen and twenty two fourteen with such like places of scripture misinterpreted strike them with horror they doubt presently whether they be of this number or no god's eternal decree of predestination absolute reprobation in such fatal tables they form to their own ruin and impinge upon this rock of despair how shall they be assured of their salvation by what signs if the righteous scarcely be saved where shall the ungodly and sinners appear first peter four eighteen who knows saith solomon whether he be elect this grinds their souls how shall they discern they are not reprobates but i say again how shall they discern they are from the devil can be no certainty for he's a liar from the beginning if he suggests any such thing as too frequently he doth reject him as a deceiver an enemy of humankind dispute not with him give no credit to him obstinately refuse him as saint anthony did in the wilderness whom the devil sat upon in several shapes or as the collier did so do thou by him for when the devil tempted him with the weakness of his faith and told him he could not be saved as being ignorant in the principles of religion and urged him moreover to know what he believed what he thought of such and such points and mysteries the collier told him he believed as the church did but what said the devil again doth the church believe as i do said the collier and what's that thou believest as the church doth etc when the devil could get no other answer he left him if satan summon thee to answer send him to christ he is thy liberty thy protector against cruel death raging sin that roaring lion he is thy righteousness thy saviour and thy life though he say thou art not of the number of the elect a reprobate forsaken of god hold thine own still hic murus ahenios esto let this be as a bulwark a brazen wall to defend thee stay thyself in that certainty of faith let that be thy comfort christ will protect thee vindicate thee thou art one of his flock he will triumph over the law vanquish death overcome the devil and destroy hell if he say thou art none of the elect no believer reject him defy him thou hast thought otherwise and mayst so be resolved again comfort thyself this persuasion cannot come from the devil and much less can it be grounded from thyself men are liars and why shouldst thou distrust a denying peter a persecuting paul an adulterous cruel david have been received an apostate solomon may be converted no sin at all but impenitency can give testimony of final reprobation why shouldst thou then distrust misdoubt thyself upon what ground what suspicion this opinion alone of particularity against that and for the certainty of election and salvation on the other side see god's good will toward men hear how generally his grace is proposed to him 
and him and them, each man in particular, and to all. First Timothy 2, 4. God will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Tis a universal promise. God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. John 3.17 He that acknowledged himself a man in the world must likewise acknowledge he is of that number that is to be saved. Ezekiel 33.11 I will not the death of a sinner, but that he repent and live. But thou art a sinner, therefore he will not thy death. This is the will of him that sent me, that every man that believeth in the Son should have everlasting life. John 6.40 He would have no man perish, but all come to repentance. Second Peter 3.9 Besides, remission of sins is to be preached, not to a few, but universally to all men. Go therefore and tell all nations, baptizing them, etc. Matthew 28.19 Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now there cannot be contradictory wills in God. He will have all saved, and not all. How can this stand together? Be secure then, believe, trust in him, hope well, and be saved. Yeah, that's the main matter. How shall I believe or discern my security from carnal presumption? My faith is weak and faint. I want those signs and fruits of sanctification, sorrow for sin, thirsting for grace, groanings of the spirit, love of Christians as Christians, avoiding occasion of sin, endeavor of new obedience, charity, love of God, perseverance. Though these signs be languishing in thee, and not seated in thine heart, thou must not therefore be dejected or terrified. The effects of the faith and spirit are not yet so fully felt in thee, Conclude not, therefore, thou art a reprobate, or doubt of thine election, because ye lack themselves are without them, before their conversion. Thou mayst in the Lord's good time be converted. Some are called at the eleventh hour. Use, I say, the means of thy conversion. Expect the Lord's leisure. If not yet called, pray thou mayst be, or at least wish and desire thou mayst be. Notwithstanding all this, which might be said to this effect, to ease their afflicted minds, what comfort our best divines can afford in this case, Zanchius, Beza, etc., this furious curiosity, needless speculation, fruitless meditation about election, reprobation, free will, grace, such places of scripture preposterously conceived, torment still, and crucify the souls of too many, and set all the world together by the years. To avoid which inconveniences, and to settle their distressed minds, to mitigate those divine aphorisms, though in another extreme sum, our late Arminians have revived that plausible doctrine of universal grace, which many fathers, our late Lutheran and modern papists, do still maintain, that we have free will of ourselves, and that grace is common to all that will believe. Some again, though less orthodoxal, will have a far greater part saved than shall be damned, as Celius Secundus stiffly maintains in his book De Amplitudine Regni Coelestis, or some imposture under his name, Beatorum numerus multo, maior quam damnatorum. 
he calls that other tenet of special election and reprobation a prejudicate envious and malicious opinion apt to draw all men to desperation many are called few chosen etc he opposeth some opposite parts of scripture to it christ came into the world to save sinners etc and four special arguments he produceth one from god's power if more be damned than saved he erroneously conclude the devil hath the greater sovereignty for what is power but to protect and majesty consists in multitude if the devil have the greater part where is his mercy where is his power how is he deus optimus maximus misericordes etc where is his greatness where his goodness he proceeds we account him a murderer that is accessory only or doth not help when he can which may not be supposed of god without great offence because he may do what he will and is otherwise accessory in the author of sin the nature of good is to be communicated god is good and will not then be contracted in his goodness for how is he the father of mercy and comfort if his good concern but a few oh envious and unthankful men to think otherwise why should we pray to god that are gentiles and thank him for his mercies and benefits that hath damned us all innocuous for adam's offence one man's offence one small offence eating of an apple why should we acknowledge him for our governor that hath wholly neglected the salvation of our souls contemned us and sent no prophets or instructors to teach us as he hath done to the hebrews so julian the apostate objects why should these christians celius urgeth reject us and appropriate god unto themselves deum illum suum unicum etc but to return to our forged celius at last he comes to that he will have those saved that never heard of or believed in christ ex puris naturalibus with the pelagians and proves it out of origin and others they saith origin that never heard god's word are to be excused for their ignorance we may not think god will be so hard angry cruel or unjust as to condemn any man in dicta causa they alone he holds are in the state of damnation that refuse christ's mercy and grace when it is offered many worthy greeks and romans good moral honest men that kept the law of nature did to others as they would be done to themselves as certainly saved he concludes as they were that lived uprightly before the laws of moses they were acceptable in god's sight as job was the magi the queen of sheba darius of persia socrates aristides cato curius tuli seneca and many other philosophers upright livers no matter of what religion as cornelius out of any nation so that he live honestly call on god trust in him fear him he shall be saved this opinion was formerly maintained by the valentinian and basilidian heretics revived of late in turkey of what sect russian bassa was patron defended by galicius erasmus by zwinglius in expositum fidei ad regem galliae who tenet bollinger vindicates and gualter approves in a just apology with many arguments there be many jesuits that follow these calvinists in this behalf franciscus buxius mongontinus 
Andradius Concilius Trident, many schoolmen that out of the first Romans five, eighteen, and nineteen are verily persuaded that those good works of the Gentiles did so far please God that they might vitam aeternam promereri and be saved in the end. Cecilius and Benedictus Justinianus, in his comment on the first of the Romans, Matthias Ditmarsh, the politician, with many others, hold a mediocrity. They may be salute non indigni, but they will not absolutely decree it. Hoffmanus, a Lutheran professor of Helmstad, and many of his followers, with most of our church, and papists, are stiff against it. Franciscus Callius hath fully censured all opinions in his five books, De Paganorum Animabus Postmortem, and amply dilated this question, which whoso will may peruse. But to return to my author, his conclusion is that not only wicked livers, blasphemers, reprobates, and such as reject God's grace, but that the devils themselves shall be saved at last, as Origen himself long since delivered in his works, and our late Sicinians defend, Ostorodius, chapter 41 of the Institutius, Smaltius, etc. Those terms of all and forever in Scripture are not eternal, but only denote a longer time, which by many examples they prove. The world shall end like a comedy, and we shall meet at last in heaven, and live in bliss altogether, or else, in conclusion, in nihil evanescere. For how can he be merciful that shall condemn any creature to eternal, unspeakable punishment for one small temporary fault? All posterity, so many myriads, for one and another man's offense. Quid meruisti always. But these absurd paradoxes are exploded by our church. We teach otherwise. That this vocation, predestination, election, reprobation, non ex corrupta massa, praeviso, fide, as our Armenians, or ex praevisi soperibus, as our papists, non ex praeteritione, but God's absolute decree, ante mundum creatum, as many of our church hold, was from the beginning, before the foundation of the world was laid, or homo conditus, or from Adam's fall, as others will, homo lapsus objectum est reprobationis, with perseverantia sanctorum, we must be certain of our salvation. We may fall, but not finally, which our Arminians will not admit. According to his immutable, eternal, just decree and counsel of saving men and angels, God calls all, and would have all to be saved according to the efficacy of vocation. All are invited, but only the elect apprehended. The rest, that are unbelieving, impenitent, whom God in his just judgment leaves to be punished for their sins, are in a reprobate sense. Yet we must not determine who are such, condemn ourselves or others, because we have a universal invitation. All are commanded to believe, and we know not how soon or how late our end may be received. I might have said more of this subject, but, forasmuch as it is a forbidden question, and in the preface or declaration to the Articles of the Church, printed 1633, to avoid factions and altercations, we that are university divines especially, are prohibited all curious search, to print or preach, or draw the article aside by our own sense and comments, 
upon pain of ecclesiastical censure. I will surcease, and conclude with Erasmus of such controversies. Pugnet qui volet, ego cencio leges maiorum reverenter suscipiendas, et religiose observandas, velut adeo profectas. Nec esse tutum, nec esse pium, de potestate publica sinistram concipere aut serere suspicionen. Et sequid est tyrannidis, cotamenon cogat ad impietatem, satius est ferre, quam seditiose reluctari. End of section 48